What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode six now of the High Wrestling Podcast. And as per usual, I am. Um, want to apologize in advance if you hear the space heaters in the background. It's fucking cold. Um, and our actual heater does... It's just easier to use the space heaters. So if you hear the space heaters in the back, I apologize. I don't know if the mic is going to pick that up, but it's loud as fuck for me. Um, but yeah, there was a lot going on. I say that every time. I say that every fucking episode, there was a lot going on. But there's always a lot fucking going on in the world of wrestling, specifically AEW. But even before we get into everything, I was um, looking up the results of Full Gear because unfortunately... I did not get to watch Full Gear because of work, and by the time I was motivated to watch the replay, the hype had died down, so I'm like, I could just go to Wikipedia and see the results. But next pay-per-view, I will properly plan and actually go to the theaters and watch it, because 50 fucking dollars? Okay, I live a frugal fucking lifestyle. Like, I, I, not saying that I'm Captain Moneybags behind this microphone, but I live a frugal fucking lifestyle. I am not dropping $50 on a fucking pay-per-view. When I can go to the movie theater and watch it for half of that. $25. So that was part of why I didn't watch Full Gear, because even though I have a job where I can, you know, pay for stuff like that, um, $50?! You gotta be fucking kidding me. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Anyways. But yeah. I did assume that Full Gear delivered. Um, as per usual, AEW always delivers. And that's what this episode is mainly going to be centered about. Um, I didn't really watch uh, Rampage that much the past few weeks because honestly Rampage is starting to feel like filler episodes and if there's anything I hate when I'm binging a show it's fucking filler episodes and that's why I don't binge TV shows often because I hate having to sit through a filler episode that's part of why I can't really tolerate anime because I can't sit through a bunch of filler episodes with like no plot like I get it's just they're bridging the gap and I get it I get the point of having filler episodes, I get the point of having Rampage, but it's just like, they could be giving us way more. I feel like Rampage is just glorified AEW Dark and Elevation, um, but that's just me, and also I've never really watched Dark and Elevation because I don't think to run to YouTube every week to watch it, and that's nothing personal, but it's just like, it's literally not- not- crossing my mind to go to YouTube and watch AEW Dark and AEW Elevation. Um, But yeah, I guess this is mainly going to be Dynamite-focused. I think I said that in the beginning of the podcast, that it was mainly going to be Dynamite-focused, because that's really all I have time to watch as of right now. Um, Even though I do have Rampage and stuff in the DVR, it's just pointless to sit through it if it's going to be a filler episode. But, um... Yeah, and seeing as this podcast is something that helps me de-stress from my life, I'm not going to stress myself out to force myself to watch things in order to, like, meet a deadline or, like, meet a specific date or meet a specific podcast episode. We're here to just shoot the shit about wrestling and be completely fucking honest. And I'm here to be completely fucking honest. Um... 
but yeah, I guess that's my opening spiel. I can't believe I fucking rambled for four minutes like that. I mean, as we all know, I'd start these podcasts high, and I'm high throughout the podcast. What was I smoking on? I was smoking on some Chemoji. And by the way, I say this every episode, but I am over 21, and I live in California, so if I talk about weed, it's okay, I guess. I don't know if I need any more disclaimer other than that. But um, I was smoking on some Chemo G, which is a hybrid, and I also have this OG Kush pre-roll that I may puff on in the midst of everything, but I can't get too high because I still have errands to run. Because, you know, being an adult is so fucking fun, is it not? Right. Okay. So, let's just get into it. We're going to take a quick puff break and get into the bulk of everything. Now that the rambling is out of my system. Now, before I get into everything that I want to talk about, I do want to say that even though I am getting ahead of myself here, I did say that in episode four of this podcast, two episodes ago, CM Punk would humble the fuck out of MJF. And what the fuck happened on Wednesday? MJF was boasting about how he beat Darby Allin and that there was nobody in that locker room on his fucking level. Who the fuck walked out? I am a prophet. I am an oracle. I fucking called it. I was waiting for that fucking moment. Like, I will tell you, I will be completely honest with you. I was in the middle of a puzzle. I am on my grandma shit right now. It's fall. I am on my cozy grandma shit, doing puzzles, knitting, the whole fucking nine. I was in the middle of a puzzle while MJF was running his mouth, because I knew he was running his mouth. When I tell you the fucking blood drained from my face and the chills went up my spine as soon as I heard that first note of cult of personality in the midst of MJF's rant I fucking called it I've been fucking waiting for this moment nobody can tell me shit like suck my dick from the back there is nothing more important than this moment I know I sound dramatic but like I have just been waiting because I just I the only person that is going to humble the fuck out of MJF. Like, I know I've been, I know that I'm biased when it comes to CM Punk and I'm about ready to see CM Punk lose, but we got to give him this W because I feel, but we got to give CM Punk this W because I definitely, again, do think he would humble the fuck out of MJF, but I feel like MJF has some shit up his sleeve to sneak a win, and I feel like that's why this feud is all of a sudden so enticing to me. We'll unpack it a little bit further, but I just had to I just had to say that I fucking called that moment on episode 4 of the podcast. It is on my Twitter, it is on my Instagram. The high, I think it's the high WP on Twitter and the dot HWP on uh, Instagram. Um, I think those links are both on the uh, website for this podcast. Um, But yes, so let's get into full gear. So since I don't have the visual context for full gear, I didn't see anything that happened. I'm just going to use my notes from Dynamite on the 3rd and Dynamite on the 10th to really kind of structure 
whatever the hell I'm about to say, because I don't know what the fuck I'm about to say. Um, but I, I think, I don't know if I said this already, but pretty much everything that happened based on these results is everything that I expected to happen. And then at the end, we're going to briefly touch on the TBS uh, tournament championship, since that's a thing that's happening. Um, yes. So, obviously, so I think I'm going to do it based off of the... Let me do off the results instead of my notes, because the way my notes are set up are not in the order of the results, and that is just stressful. Um, I didn't even know he, Ikaro Shida and Thunder Rosa were fighting Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose. I hope that's like not rude to say, but I literally had no idea that was happening. Uh, Sorry. Definitely called MJF beating Darby Allen. Wasn't expecting it, but I had a feeling it was going to happen. Definitely had a feeling it was going to happen because I had, you know. Because, first of all, who, who said I like turtles to that man? Who the fuck said I like turtles to Darby Allen? I'm so mad at whoever did that. Um,. But, uh, but yeah, no, I saw that coming. I don't know why, like, I, f- I felt like MJF was going to win. I just, like, genuinely was not expecting him to win. I actually didn't even understand the point of that feud, if I'm being quite honest. I mean, I was following it. I was, I was getting it, but it just, I, mm. Maybe it's because I just don't understand Darby Allen's gimmick. Too much? Is that his government name? I just... Okay, I... Oh, that's not his government name. Uh, speaking of that, before I even started the podcast, I was just, like, talking about, like, the trust issues I have with, like, wrestlers whose names could pass as, like, their government names because we had that whole debate about... Or I had that whole debate since it's just me about, like, Adam Cole... Um, and his name not being Adam Cole because I would believe his name is Adam Cole before I would believe his name is Austin Jenkins um, I don't know where I was going with that but yeah no I just wasn't fully invested in the MJF Darby Allen thing but I was literally I think I was on his Wikipedia page to kind of figure out what his gimmick is Uh Okay, what and I'm kind of glad his government name is not Darby Allen. I mean, like I would believe it too. Uh Oh. I see. Now, okay. Okay, so he's been half dead since surviving the car accident in which his uncle died. Interesting. That makes... Okay, now I get it. Okay. Okay, that I think that's what it was. I couldn't understand his gimmick, but now that I have that little bit of context, it makes a little bit more sense as to why he is the way that he is. Maybe if I had that context prior to his feud with MJF, I would have been a little bit more invested. But now that I have that brief context, it makes a little more sense. 
it makes a little bit more sense because it's just like definitely there was that I definitely noticed elements of like needing to prove yourself because I I can totally understand being like dead inside and like from that needing to prove yourself in some way I don't even know if that's like what his thing is but there was definitely an element of like fuck it I'm here to prove myself I'm dead inside anyway I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want which yeah but I, I don't know I just maybe their feud could have been stretched out a little longer because maybe maybe for me it was the fact that it felt so just put together so quickly I don't know if there was any prior beef before this or a prior feud before this, but I feel like it was just put together so quickly I didn't even have time to invest myself into it, especially not even knowing the context to Darby's real gimmick. So, Because we all know MJF entitled, needing to prove himself type beat. And we're not saying that's a bad thing, but it just... It's so satirical that I just got it so quickly, but Darby, it just took a second. Because I feel like there's an element of needing to prove himself in that gimmick, too. Like, it just... Maybe both of them felt the need to prove themselves in respective ways, but I feel like it could have been dragged out a little bit longer. I don't know. Maybe they'll drag it out longer and they'll be like around two, but it just, it felt put together so quickly I couldn't invest myself in it. And that's why I just really expected MJF to win in the first place. Um, so yeah, that was my little spiel on that, my little high tangent on that. Uh, as we all know, I don't really care about FTR, but now I do because if Tully Blanchard. And Arn Anderson are about to get in the ring and fight. Didn't I? Ca- I called that too. I fucking called that too. I don't know what episode. I think that was like early on. Like episode one or two. It was in an early episode. I knew Tully Blanchard. I, I swear to God they were about to. What episode was that? Everything that I have been talking. Is AEW the FBI? Have they been listening? Because everything that I have been discussing is all of a sudden, like, leading into it. I swear to God, I called Tully Blanchard and Art Anderson, like, getting into it. It was a, it was an early episode. I'll probably have to do that uh, research later. But I swear to God, I called it. But now I'm invested, because if Tully Blanchard and Art Anderson are really about to, like, go toe-to-toe... I'm fucking with it. I love to see old people fight. On God. Um, that's, that's fucked up. But it's, it's, it's fun! It's fucked up, but it's fun. I mean, he said he can go one more, so I believe him. But, I mean, shit. I'll see it when I believe it. That's why I'm excited for it. I need Arn and Tully to just really go fucking at it. Like, no holds barred. Death match. I feel like I've talked about this in an episode before. But, um, yeah, no, I didn't care about FTR too much, so seeing that the Lucha Brothers won, I was like, fantastic. And I don't think they would have given up the AEW World titles that quickly, especially since 
FTR already took their triple A titles. Also lit a joint of the OG Kush, by the way, if you heard the lighter. Um, ooh, I did write in my notes that Danielson versus Miro is a close match, but I said Miro. I was shocked to see that Brian Danielson had actually won. Genuinely shocked to see that Brian... I really thought that Miro was going to come out of that victorious mainly because of the size difference. But I am also enjoying... um, Like, this... This Brian, I like Brian Danielson more than I like Daniel Bryan. Let's put it that way. Now that he's got a little more, like I don't know, I feel like he was just way too. I feel like I didn't like Daniel Bryan because his character came off just so passive. Like I knew he had heart and he had passion, but in WWE he just came off so passive, and like, eh, I guess it's happening, but. The shit he said to Hangman on Wednesday made me actually, like, invested in his character because it's like, I like that he is provoking Hangman to bring out the best in him. And that's what I like in a heel. Because I, I, I do like MJF as a heel, but for me, MJF comes off as, like, a satirical sketch, um, a, a satirical sketch of a heel. Like, it just feels like, he is a good wrestler, and he is, I do consider him one of the top heels in the modern era, but it just, something about his gimmick does come off as, like, a satirical version of, like, Rick Flair, but Daniel Bryan, he's like the type of heel that's going to provoke you to bring out the best in you. Because you saw how heated Hangman got when he was saying all that shit to uh him on Wednesday. So that that's the type like I do I do like a good heel and and not to put MJF and Dan, uh, Bryan Danielson against each other, but they're good heels in their own respective ways. It's just MJF comes off a little bit more comedic at times. Brian Danielson comes off as like, I'm going to bring out the best in you whether you like it or not. And so I can get with that. I just, I wish he would have brought that out when he first came to AEW because it was just like, it was giving me the same shit until that promo with Hangman on Wednesday. But I'm just still genuinely shocked that Miro lost by submission. But as I'm learning, size and strength does not mean much. But it it was just um, very shocking. Now, Christian Gage, Jurassic Express, and the Super Click. This is how I was. Okay, so I was fully invested in this feud in the beginning. But where I kind of stand on it now is that if we 
had given MJF and Darby Allen the same amount of time and attention that we are giving the feud between the Super Click, Jurassic Express, and Christian Cage, like the entire Elite and Jurassic Express, would be a little bit more invested in MJF and Darby Allen. Like, if we just switched the time frame and attention that we gave these two feuds, whole different story, whole different ballpark. Again, we don't know if MJF and Darby Allen are done exactly, but I'm starting to kind of like really be bored of this feud. I'm not even going to lie. I was fully invested in the beginning, but now it's kind of just like, I don't care. I really don't. And I really, Bobby Fish put into words exactly how I feel about Luchasaurus, whatever the fuck he just said on Wednesday. It's like a grown man dressed as a dinosaur. I'm like, yeah, that's not, to me, that's not appealing. Like, I get it's fun and all, but it's just like, why are you calling him Luchasaurus? Give him a name. Uh, A better name. Uh, But yeah. I also was not expecting Cody and Pac to win. I I really put down that Malachi Black and Andrade were going to beat Cody and Pac, but I guess that no, I didn't, you know, so I was really shocked when they, when I saw that they won. Like what the fuck? I genuinely was expecting Malachi Black and Andrade to win. That was shocking for me to see that they did not win that. Like that's are you sure? Are you positively sure that they lost? Wow. Um, and then Britt Baker definitely called that. Definitely expected that. It's it was way too soon, and it wasn't like no offense to take Ty Conti, but it was way too soon and not a strong enough opponent for um Britt to drop the title. But while we're on the subject of that, I just want to know how long it's going to take with the induction of the TBS TBS women's title, how long it's going to take for them to do a dig at uh, Becky Two Belts. Like, who's going to be both AEW women's champion and and, uh, TBS champion? Because we all know that's coming. I definitely see that coming. Champion versus champion, if not a double champion. But uh, yeah, of course, Britt Baker was gonna win. No, like no, no, no offense to Ty Conti, but I feel like it was just too soon, too soon. And then Punk and Kingston—that was another close match. Like to me, Brian Danielson and Miro and Punk and Kingston were two of the closest matches. It was hard to tell who would win between the two. But we're really surprised that they gave Punk the win. Like, I, you know, something, I, I feel like that's a sign of being a solid fan because it's like, even though I do want him to be MJF, are we shocked that he beat Eddie Kingston? Like, yeah, it's getting annoying that he's winning all the time and I'm really ready to see him lose, but I do want to see him beat the shit out of MJF and win. It's like, you, you hate to love him, and that's just like, like, I, I really just, you know, 
you hate to love them because I do wish that we could. I still stand by what I say, where I wish we could give him like a longer feud and and a longer program with someone and actually like drag out a feud. Hopefully, that's what they'll do with him and MJF. But I do want him to beat MJF just just because I want to see MJF humbled because like I said, his version of a heel is very like satirical and comedic to me, so I would definitely enjoy seeing him be humbled in some way by losing to Punk. But I would also maybe like to see MJF use one of his sneaky ways to beat Punk. But yeah, again, like I said, I was ahead of myself. I was just excited that something I had called is like coming to fruition. But uh yeah, and Inner Circle of course was Okay, I okay, in my notes I Okay, so I in my notes I had chosen American Top Team only because they had put Dan Lambert in the match. I wanted them to I really chose American Top Team and Men of the Year because I wanted to see Dan Lambert win. But Inner Circle winning not surprising. Not surprising that the Inner Circle won. Although, you know something, I would have not been shocked if Men of the Year and American Top Team had beat the Inner Circle. Like I genuinely was ex- I I had expected American Top Team and Men of the Year to win, but I'm not surprised the Inner Circle won. That's probably a better way to say it. Especially with Dan Lambert, because I was just like, I wasn't I wasn't too invested in American Top Team until they said he was fighting. I was like, thank God. Because he was, he's just, if you're going to talk, at least be useful if you're going to talk. Talk. But, um, I thought that if anything, American Top Team and Men of the Year would have won in a case of being put over. Like, I would have thought Inner Circle would have lost to put Men of the Year and American Top Team over in AEW. But I can see why the Inner Circle won. I would just would have expected that Men of the Year and American Top Team would have won. Maybe that's just me personally, but yeah. Um, And of course, Hangman winning, obviously. That was a given when he finally showed up back to work. That was a fucking given. He said, I'm not done. That was that was a fuck oh god. There was coffee in that mug. Thank god it didn't spill. Um But yeah, no, when he when he finally showed up back to work, that was a given that Hangman was getting his title. Cause I wasn't here for the first incarnation of long term storytelling. Like, I I wasn't watching AEW a year ago to know the significance of all of that. But I get it. I understand it, and I respect it. And also, on a separate note, um, 
I just wanted to say that seeing CM Punk in the Violent Gentleman Rancid collab shirt made me a little happy because I have the Violent Gentleman Rancid collab hoodie and I'm currently wearing it and it is the coziest shit ever. So like seeing it in the wild was like hell yeah because that not only it, I I literally bought it because that is one of my favorite albums of all time. Not because it's not because CM Punk was wearing it. Like Outcome the Wolves is one of my favorite albums of all time so I had to buy it but um yeah so that's it on full gear I'm gonna go into my brief notes on dynamite from the third and the tenth even though I said I was gonna use those notes for the full gear results I went on my own tangent um just gonna briefly talk about that even though it's pre full gear but I just wanted to start with full gear just to get it out the way so we're gonna go into the bulk of everything so I'm not gonna go into too too much detail about the dynamites from the third and the tenth since it was pre full gear but I am gonna like talk on some stuff that I thought was cool and like my favorite things that happened um, one big thing is the John Moxley stuff I do like how they handled it and how they like let him take time off to get help and if they helped him get help I really do like how AEW um, handles serious topics or not topics uh i don't even know what the word I, I would be for that but like serious things like that like how they handled uh brody lee's passing and then how they're handling owen hart's legacy and then su- how they're supporting john moxley like that's the stuff i can truly appreciate and like i try not to talk too much about wrestlers personal lives not even just wrestlers but like celebrities personal lives and even people's personal lives in general because I feel like when it comes to stuff like this we say like the repetitive stuff like uh, uh, we hope he gets the help that he needs we're there for support like sending like I feel like those kind of phrases get repetitive because I like even just in real life I feel like just in watching how AEW is handling it it's a little bit more meaningful and appreciative than like the repetitive even though it's good to hear I like watching how they're handling it versus the repetitive we hope he gets the help he needs we'll support you either way type beat like I I, I hope that I hope that whole tangent made sense because I didn't mean to come off as rude but it's just like it seems like we say the same things when somebody's going through something or when something happens it's just a matter of like how can you show up instead of saying the same shit repetitively and so I appreciate how they're showing up for him in this time is what I'm trying to say my brain is just not working that way um but yeah no but even in the state of being repetitive I do hope that he is healing and getting the help that he needs and he's surrounded by supportive people like it's just despite the repetitiveness it is meaningful to hear it's just for me personally I'm more of an action based I pay attention to action so seeing how they're handling it was a little bit more meaningful to me and it's not about me but I just wanted to say like from my perspective as a fan perspective I appreciate how they are supporting him in this time but yeah so seeing 
as I switch to night, the night shift at work, I don't have the freedom to, you know, go watch uh, the pay-per-views as frequently. But I like that. I've said this before, but Dynamite airs on my days off, so that's a good thing. Live, I may add. Live at 5 o'clock on my days off, so I'm not out of the loop. I don't know. God, hello? I mean, I know they did it for hockey, but I mean, like, damn, just the timing of it all. I'm like, God, hello? Are you really next to me looking out for me? I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah. So I did like Kenny Omega versus Alan Angels, and I really thought that in the sake of everything, I really thought they were going to have Kenny lose. I don't know why um, I expected Kenny to lose, but like in a few points during that match, it seemed like he was going to lose. And I'm like, are they really going to have Kenny Omega lose before his title defense? Because that would have been a big fucking statement if they did. That's why I was like, I was really expecting him to lose. Because I'm like, damn, that's going to be a big fucking statement if they have Kenny Omega lose this match. And then his probo was so simple. When Hangman came out and confronted him, the probo was so simple. It was like, you got 10 days. Damn, they're really well- Damn. It's like, you got 10 days. And he was right. You got 10 days. Um, I actually did agree. Okay, I have to agree and disagree with Punk when he said that he could have been in the Eliminator title tournament. I agree that it would have been nice to see him in in the tournament replacing John Moxley but i feel like too soon he hasn't i feel like he hasn't been there long enough like i know that he's an established veteran he's a legend he's a goat and as his fan obviously i am biased and i can respect all of that but also as just an AEW fan in general, I feel like it's too soon to be putting him into any, like, title matches, title defenses, title tournaments, you know? So from his perspective, I can see how it would be cool and it would be nice. And even from the rest of the AEW fan base, I guess, from that perspective, I can see how it would be cool and it would be nice. But from a timing perspective, a little too soon, a little too early, a little too early. So I do like that. Miro was an option. Uh, definitely Ruby Soho, Chris Statlander about to be a fucking hitter. I cannot wait to see them go at it. I, as much as I want Chris to advance, I think Ruby might be the one to advance. I really want Chris to advance, but I feel like they might have Ruby advance. But then again, I did say and think that Anna Jay was going to advance from the fan favorite standpoint. And Jamie Hayter progressed. So that's why I know it's going to be a hitter. When when you, I feel like when you can't guarantee or tell the outcome of a match, it's for sure about to be a hitter. Because that's what I said about Miro and Daniel Bryan, Dan, Bryan Danielson. What the fuck? What noise did I just make? What the fuck did I just try to say? Anyways, yeah, no. But like I said, it, just 
maybe that's just me. I don't know if any other wrestling fan feels that way, but it's just like you know it's going to be a hitter when you can't tell who is going to win, who the victor is going to be. So Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander might for sure be a hitter because I can't tell between the two who would win. It's like they're both hella good. Fuck. Um, That was even the next bullet point that I was going to say. I really thought Anna Jay was going to advance, but Jamie Hayter winning doesn't surprise me and also like her hair because I you know something I didn't like the uh like because I am a woman and I can I can tell what looks like I'm not saying that it's just like a woman thing that you could tell looks good but women have a better eye for seeing what looks good than men do like just from a general standpoint I did not like her all blonde crimped look this look with the brunette hair and the two blonde streaks, that's a way better look. I feel like the brown hair suits her so much better. Like, the blonde was just too much. But, like, the the, the two blonde streaks and the brown hair, absolutely. I love it. Um, But, yeah, no, I can definitely see her being future championship material, too. And also... Not me just finding out she's British. I've never heard her speak, but I had no idea she was British. What the fuck? The Brits got me again. Yet again, the Brits got me. Also, the Cody and Andrade match on Dynamite from the third was really good for how much Cody Rhodes boards me. For how much Cody Rhodes bores the fuck out of me that was a really good match that was a really good match and like normally I don't like I I'm you know something legacy 2009 Cody Rhodes him Ted DiBiase Randy Orton or bust um but yeah uh but that was a good match I really did enjoy that match um, of course, Orange Cassidy was not going to beat Miro. Like, I don't know who's who thought that was a thing. Of course, he wasn't going to beat fucking Miro. Um, Danielson. Okay, so now we're on uh, Dynamite from the 10th. Brian Danielson and Rocky Romero was another solid fucking match. Another solid match. I enjoyed that. And I, I, there was like a brief time where I was binging Ring of Honor. And I would, like, binge it backwards, so it made no sense. And from that brief time, I was watching Ring of Honor. I think it was, like, 2017. I, like, kind of briefly watched Rocky Romero stuff, so I really enjoyed seeing him again. I really enjoy seeing all the people that I watched in that brief time I watched Ring of Honor. Is it too soon to bring up Ring of Honor? Yikes. Um, But in that brief time I watched it, it was very nice to see everybody kind of come back. Well, not come back, but, like, see him again. It's very nice to see everybody again. It's like a little reunion. little one-sided reunion. Um, but yeah, no. And speaking of Ring of Honor, I was so sad for Danhausen, because I, I, I don't know, I think I said this episode five. I was, like, so excited to see Danhausen potentially in AEW, then he went on and broke his leg. I was like, fuck! I was so sad. But, um, yeah. But, oh, I think.
think I watched that episode of Dynamite High because I just got really fucking brutally honest. I was like, why do wrestlers, parentheses, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky continue to fight in their church clothes? Like, those were not fits that you beat men up. They, they were literally dressed for drinks on a rooftop bar somewhere. That, you know something? I... That is something, not just Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, it was just, in that moment, just in general, what is the point of getting dressed up in these really nice clothes? I know it's like for TV and everything, but what's the point of getting dressed up in these really nice clothes and just going out there to beat the fuck out of somebody? Because Ethan Page was not dressed to beat somebody up. That is not, you were in too nice of a fit to be beating up people. And Scorpio Sky wasn't even dressed for the right holiday. Like, Thanksgiving is next week. Put the turtleneck away. You got a whole week, bro. Put the turtleneck to the side. You got a week. You gotta put the turtleneck to the side. It's, it's, you're good. Just chill. You bust it out in another week. But I was just like, a turtleneck? Really? You're gonna fight in a turtleneck? Is that not hot? Are you not sweating? As bulky and, like, you, they were dressed for two different climates. One man is dressed for Miami, the other man is dressed for fucking skiing in Aspen. Two different climates. What the fuck? Like, you guys get dressed up in these fancy-ass suits, these fancy-ass dresses, all of that, wasting all that money on all that shit just to beat somebody's ass or just to get your ass beat. Break something. Those were some nice ass suede shoes that Ethan Page had on too. Don't you could have had on some sneakers. Don't mess up your church shoes by beating somebody's ass. Jesus Christ. Like there's a time and a place. I get that it's on TV and you gotta look nice for TV, but there's a time and a place to crease your church shoes, and AEW Dynamite is not the place to crease your church shoes. Okay? Um Dan Lambert definitely graduated from a chihuahua to a French bulldog because he was talking so much that I'm like, is this man a chihuahua? But then he put Chris Jericho through through a table and I'm like, oh, okay, we graduated from a chihuahua to a French bulldog. Got a little bit of muscle on him now. Go ahead, Dan Lambert. I was really excited to see him fight. All that for me not even to get to see him fight. That's so sad. I was so excited for him. I had faith in him. I believed in him. Um, and I really thought that they were going to give Brit's team the win going into full gear. Like, if anything, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and everybody should have won that match. And Kenny Omega should have lost. Like, that, that was backwards to me. And also, the acclaimed are officially embarrassing to me. I don't know why, but you know the pain I was in on... Because normally when the acclaimed come out, I just fast forward through their entrance because it's just like, I, I can't. It's like the same energy as FTR. I'm like not that invested in the acclaimed. But the one thing that sucks about watching Dynamite Live is that I can't fucking fast forward through their in, their entrance themes. And so they were just like officially embarrassing to me after that. Um, 
And then the Bobby Fish Adam Cole reunion, and then also that little quip on Wednesday where he was about to say that is undisputed. And then one of the young books, I don't know which one it is, he was like, You can't say that here. I was like, Damn, true. I, I love the little sly digs. Maybe, I love the little sly digs. It's corny as fuck, but I love the sly digs. Because it's like, it's true. It, is, it, is it sly? Are they really sly digs if it's the truth? Let's be real here. Are they really sly digs if it's the truth? Vince McMahon is a piece of shit. So, are they really sly digs if the man is a piece of shit? Like, allegedly, because I don't want to get sued, but still. Are they sly digs if the man is a piece of shit? Allegedly. Um, Pac is officially my favorite wrestler because he made me enjoy watching an FTR wrestler fight or MTR member fight. Pac is a great wrestler. I he is definitely in my top 5 on AEW. Like I really I have not even discussed my favorite wrestlers in AEW. I really have not. I've just been sitting here sh- shooting the shit every two weeks getting high. Never really given you, like, my top ten. So, I promise you that the next episode will definitely have the top ten wrestlers. And I never forgot the top ten WWE pay-per-view themes. We will definitely revisit those the next episode. For sure. We'll start with those and get those out the way. But next episode, for sure, I will have my top ten AEW wrestlers. Maybe even my top ten... I gave you my top 10 entrance themes, but I don't think I gave you guys my top 10 WWE wrestlers, because there's only five of those that I have. Um, but I will give you that list. Um, but yes. Top 5 WWE wrestlers, top 10 AEW wrestlers, maybe even top 5, because I don't, I can't, I can't even get to 10. Definitely have top 10 themes. I can give you top 10 music, but I can't give you, like, top 10 people. Top 5 AEW wrestlers, top 5 WWE wrestlers, both of those make 10, so you get 10 wrestlers next episode. Ten Top 10 WWE pay-per-view themes. There we go. Next episode, there you go. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed the Dante Martin, Leo Rush, Matt Sudol, Lee Moyarty match. That was, a, that was a good fucking match. Like, having that match and then Pac and Dax Harwood back-to-back, like, that was the essence of wrestling in those two matches and I really fucking enjoyed watching them wrestle um that those were good and they really you know my asthma was envious of all those flips and jumps and high flying cause I can't do all that shit without being out of breath I say as I smoke weed on the daily um but yeah um one last note that I wanna say before we close out discussing the TBS title tournament. I feel like Kenny Omega signing the contract in Hangman's Blood was a little bit of a health violation. I don't think that was sanitary. Definitely think that was a health violation in some way. Like, there's no way he didn't violate any sort of, like, that's got, that was not healthy. I, there was no way in hell that was that that had to be a health violation in some way, shape, or form. 
Like I like I have to disagree with his methods of signing a contract. That had that has to be a health fucking violation. You've got to be kidding me. Absolutely not. Like what? Okay. But um there there you go. Or wait, no. So, I kind of trailed off because I realized I could give you my top five AEW wrestlers and top five WWE wrestlers right now and give you my top ten WWE pay-per-view themes next episode. I was just literally sitting there trailing off. I'm like, I could give you guys my top wrestlers while I'm still here. So, for WWE top five of all time, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Mick Foley, all characters, Kevin Owens, Lita, Edge, no particular order. And then as far as top five AEW wrestlers... CM Punk, of course. That's going to be a biased opinion regardless. Ricky Starks. He's very, very, very underrated. MJF. As much as he's a fucking annoying dude, as, as fucking annoying as he is and as satirical as his gimmick is to me, he really is a good fucking wrestler. Chris Statlander, of course. Orange Cassidy. Top 5 WWE. Top 5 AEW. There you go. Uh, top 10 WWE themes. Pay-per-view themes. That's going to take a little bit more research. And I don't want to sit here and drag it out. Because it's going to take like a few Wikipedia pages to get to that. But um, definitely next episode we will have that. Um, but right now we're talking the TBS championship. The first round went exactly how I expected, minus Jamie Hayter winning, like I said, because I really thought that, um, Anna Jay had the, I really thought that Anna Jay had the, uh, the fucking advantage with, like, being the fan favorite. I wasn't expecting her to lose genuinely but um it is so I feel like with the quarterfinals it's a little easier to tell like not all of these matches are going to be close like definitely Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hayter is kind of a close match because they are both like really tough competitors I'm biased because I want Thunder Rosa to win but Jamie Hayter did sneak in and win when I least expected her to. So I definitely think that Jamie Hayter has... has Ooh, this, this, it's a very close match. I definitely think... Definitely think it could go either way, but I feel like Jamie Hayter might take that one for sure. As much as I love Red Velvet, Jade Cargill is definitely going to win. Because they would not stop her momentum this soon. 
Like, if anybody... If anybody deserves the momentum that CM Punk... Like, if anybody deserves the same level of momentum that CM Punk is getting, it's definitely Jade Cargill. I don't think that Red Velvet is gonna win that. Um, I definitely said that Nyla Rose was gonna... Yeah, no, I definitely said that Nyla Rose was gonna win that. She was even my expectation to win. She was even my expectation to win that one. And... Uh, Chris and Ruby, it's so hard to tell. Like I said earlier, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hitter, but it's gonna be so hard. But I feel like Ruby might take it. I feel like Ruby might progress. Chris might not. It's it's just uh, now now that I'm like here at this point, I definitely think Ruby might. Ruby definitely might take it. So I feel like with the quarterfinals. We got either Jamie or Thunder Rosa fighting Jade Cargill. And we've got Ruby Soho fighting Nyla Rose. And then we've definitely got in the finals. In the finals, I can definitely see it being Jade and Nyla. Because if Ruby beats Chris, she's not beating Nyla Rose. If Ruby beats Chris, she's not be- beating Nyla Rose. Because I definitely feel like the finals are going to be Jade and Nyla. Jade and Nyla, if not Jade and Ruby. But I don't think Chris is going to make it to the semifinals. As hopeful as I am, I don't think Chris is going to make it to the semifinals. I love her to death, but I don't think she's going to do it. I'm so sorry. Like, way-, way to believe in your favorites. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's it for this week. Um, I will be back again in two weeks, as per usual. Uh, definitely going to be talking about the same stuff. I'm going to try and watch Rampage and give what I can, despite the fillerness of it all. Um... Definitely, we'll have that top 10 WWE themes for you as well. And whatever else happens, I will discuss. But I'm, I don't really like to talk about like the drama and stuff that happens in wrestling because it's just like as quick as it comes out and we hype it up it dies out by the time I sit down and record the podcast to the point where it's just not even worth discussing anymore. So, I mean, that's why I try to focus on just the wrestling aspect of things rather than the drama and everything else. Cause I really don't give a shit about that. Like I, with the, my opinion on like, I'm saying that mainly cause like the Becky and Charlotte thing is the main drama news that's happening right now. I could give less of a shit about that. Like it's just, we saw what happened on SmackDown we kind of just who cares who cares at this point we saw what happened there's no denying what happened we all saw it like it's obvious what's going on we don't need to unpack that any further or throw any other conspiracies into the ring like it's just we saw what happened if nobody wants to say anything nobody has to say anything if they want to talk about it they can talk about it I'm just gonna shut the fuck up about it cause I don't give a fuck 
any piece of drama that happens, I don't give a fuck. Unless it's like... Well, the things that happen with John Moxley isn't drama, but that deserves a little bit more attention and support than some bullshit drama across the way, you know? So, yeah. That's just my opinion on it. But either way, I hope you guys enjoy. I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go to the fucking chiropractor. Because why the fuck not? Then I'm gonna go to the gym. Because why the fuck not? Take care of yourselves. That's that's how we're going to end this. Take care of yourselves. I will see you guys in two weeks. Enjoy.